Sonia, it's great to see you. It's been a, a few months since I've seen you. Um, thank you for coming to my place on a Sunday. Thank you for having me, Luke. This is awesome opportunity for me. And uh, you used to vacation in Kelowna, and then you ended up moving here yes. in 2002. Was it kind of like when I was a kid, we used to go to Florida for Christmas holidays. And my dad would say to me, you know, people actually live here. It's not just a vacation spot. And I actually got to live in Florida for two years in the late 1990s. Was it kind of like that? Like, were you happy to be moving here in 2002? It was actually uh, really cool. Um, When I came the first time ever to Canada, that was my first big flight. I was 24 or something. Mm. Um, I loved Canada the moment I laid my eyes on it in the plane. Mm. That's it. When I flew over the mountains and everything, I landed in Vancouver. I was picked up and um, we drove to 100 Mile House. Uh, Then we did a trip to Kelowna and Kamloops. And I was in awe Mm. about the landscape, about the people. I couldn't get enough. Mm -hmm. So I had four weeks here and I didn't want to go. I was crying when I left. And it's like, um, I usually, I'm not homesick. I was born in Germany. So it's like, I, I like to travel. I like to go some places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was love at first sight. Absolutely. And then I started coming back in 94, twice a year. Every time I could get away from my job in Germany, I just uh, was here on vacation. And I was here in Kelowna. Here in Kelowna on the west side, below Missionary Winery, I was staying. And uh, I had that gorgeous view every morning. And Wow. When I had to leave, I was like, no, I want to make it possible to come here. And I did that in 2002. Nice. So tell us what you do. <laughs> what I do now is uh, I started with a construction company um, importing clay roofing tiles. And, uh, but I stopped doing that because I changed my focus on what I really love, designing and making jewelry. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I get so many inspirations from nature here. I hike a lot and uh, I do martial arts. So this is where I get my Zen moments and my adrenaline going and flowing and up. And uh, people inspire me here. And Mm -hmm. uh, I make my jewelry based on the personality of the person I make the jewelry for. So it's custom. Yes, it's all custom. Yes. And I work in silver. I'm a silversmith too. Mm -hmm. And I work towards my goldsmithing Part and um, I do design for the person. Right. And if the husband, for example, comes to me and says, "Ah, can you do something for my wife?" Mm-hmm. I will say, "Show me a picture." If I don't know the person, mm-hmm. and ask some questions, a little bit more personal. You know, what is the favorite color, and what does she like to do, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I look at the pictures on Facebook. I sneak a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. sneak peek. <laughs> And um, then I make my uh, creations. Yes. And my success rate is 100% so far. So it can be anything, right? Yes, anything. um, Rings, bracelets, all kinds of things. I just designed, uh, I'm in the stage of designing an engagement ring right now. Mm -hmm. So for a very beautiful person um, in white gold with diamonds, very traditional. But I also do very funky stuff. So Mm -hmm. this is, if somebody lets me gives me free reign i do crazy stuff (laughs) (laughs) well um white gold can a person can a lay person tell the difference between white gold and silver can i tell the difference 
let's take a look. All right. <laughs> so this is, the listeners can't see it, but this is white gold mm-hmm. and this is silver. Okay. And it's hard to tell the difference. It's so hard, yeah. But uh, white gold is harder than uh, silver. Silver is, is, yeah. Is it a and little shinier or is that just the way it's polished? No, it's the way it's polished. Yeah. That doesn't matter. So... You can do but very, you can tell. Yes, I can tell. And uh, I can tell the difference between a diamond or a moscanite or if it's a garnet or a ruby. Um, I know my gemstones. I know the semi-precious. I know this precious. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So you said you take inspiration from nature. So if you're on a hike and maybe you see a pattern in a tree or something, would you take a photograph of it and then... No, it's the colors. Um, the colors. It's not the shapes. Um, or oh, shapes. Yeah, yes and no. Actually, yes, a little bit the shapes, but not like a leaf. Um, I love rocks. Rocks mm. is the fascination because uh, I base my creations on what the healing properties are of the stones. Interesting. So based on what I think goes together for the person I make it for. And when I'm, I'm hiking at Knox Mountain, which is one of my favorite hiking spots here, mm-hmm. and uh, same as Montbouchrie or Rose Valley, uh, but Knox Mountain is is just majestic, and it has rocks, and uh, you see animals, and you see the colors in the spring and the fall, and it's just that's inspiration for yeah, yeah, for my creations. Very nice. Yes. Have you always been? into creating things and and jewelry specifically do you remember a time as a young girl when you were doing this is it always been a part of your life no it wasn't actually um i was always creative but Mm. on different levels so Mm. i was good in school in arts um I'm ambidextrous, which mm. uh, which is good because my both of my brain halves are working pretty much the same level. So mm. I am very analytical because I have a banking diploma. That's actually where it came from, and I do I did accounting as well. So, but the real me is the creative side. Mm. So the good news is I compare my analytical part with my creative part. So I have the business wits. Yes. And I have the the artsy part, right? Yeah. So and if you put that together, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I had uh, it took me I'm I da- I dabbled in jewelry making for 18 years just mm-hmm. besides my jobs and my company, my construction company. So it was sort of like a hobby. Yeah, it was a hobby. Years, yeah. yeah, so the last 18 years, but uh last year in November I decided it's time to follow my passion. And mm-hmm. that's when I really for earnest started. And my webpage is up and running. and Wonderful. Yeah. So you were doing, you left your other profession. Yes. Uh, there was an overlap there because you were doing yes. this for people for, yes. for a few years now. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And I still do. I still have, ha, that's funny. I manage a mobile home park. Uh, okay. That is because I have flexible hours. Yes. That complements my jewelry making. Property so, management is a good uh, profession for people to get into if you've got other passions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Sometimes you're busy and other times you're not. Yes, exactly. And Do so you, it balances itself out. Nice. Which is awesome. Do you deal with a lot of crazy people? <laughs> and you don't have to mention any names. But no. I was a property manager for 11 years. Yes. And most of the time it's a very... Uh, pleasant job but once in a while you get somebody who's a bit of a maniac yes and you have to evict them 
Yes. Well, yes, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, once in a while you, you have these crazy people, but you know what? I always treat them as a, as a human being. Yes. And, uh, they could be going through yes, any kind of stress. And, and Yes. And I don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. I look at it from a very analytical point of view mm-hmm. and try to be compassionate with that person because usually there's something else going on. Yes. It's not what is happening in the park or what is happening with this person. It's, it's in the personal lives that's yeah. happening. Very and tra- that trans- very transpires then into, oh, you're not, you know, you have to do this and that and the other and you don't do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, no, I, I keep calm about it. And usually I can diffuse the situation. Right. Did you, I'm curious if you had any sort of anxiety as an analytical person when you said, now you're going to do this creative thing full time. Uh was it easy to make that decision and just say, well, I'm putting corporate life behind me and I'm going to do this because it's my passion? Well, um, I was kind of, um, my life forced me into it in a good way because mm-hmm. uh, four years ago I separated and uh, walked away from that construction business and um, I had to rethink what I wanted to do. And because Right. Anxiety was one part because the lawsuit and everything going on. Right. Divorce is not that easy Mm. on the psyche. And uh, so I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I did work as a CEO and I worked as an office manager just to make ends meet and just to. And I thought, well, this is a good career and I can do this and I can do this. But I um, discovered that I don't take orders very well right (laughs) so that forced me to rethink again and i'm like okay so what do you really want to do you're an entrepreneur i was it all my life even when i was working for i was working for a big high-tech company in germany but i was on a as a sales manager so i could do whatever right i had my free reign and unless only my numbers had to be all right and that's Mm. what i did so i was always independent and when I was working for somebody, it was hard for me to see because I saw things that were not what I would have done and I couldn't shut my mouth. So long story short, that means you got to go on your own. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You want to do something that you love. Yes. So I love my jewelry, but I also love the property management part because mm-hmm. I get to interact with people and I can use my skills. Yes. And and it gives me the freedom for my jewelry. That's yeah. what it is. I can, you know, grow my company. I grow my clientele. I have repeat customers already, which is awesome. It's word of mouth most of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, I will start an Instagram account soon. I have somebody who's helping me, a friend. So right. I love it. Yeah. And the anxiety came from more from the divorce. And I, I lost myself in the whole marriage kind of thing and yeah. finding myself after that and healing from whatever happened that was the biggest part and now I do what I love mm-hmm. and people can tell and this is why I sell my jewelry and this yeah. is and it's not it is a little bit always about the money because the money helps you to have a roof on top of your head, have food on the table. Yes. And you know, be able to keep doing it. Yes, and keep doing it, right? So invest in the jewelry and, you know, a shop and all that stuff. Um, but it's about the people. 
Yeah. When I see the faces, when uh, they open the presents or when the husband phones me and says, oh my gosh, or even the wife or girlfriend, uh, they phone me up and when we meet and it's like, oh my gosh, how did you know that I like it that much? Right. This is, this is what makes my heart sing. That's wonderful. Um, is it a big learning curve to learn about suppliers and costs and things like that? Or was that pretty easy for you having an analytical mind? Was it easy to figure out that side of the business? Yeah, well, yes, it was actually easy because I, um, because of my uh, business background, mm. um, I know how to source things. Um, I was in high tech for almost 20 years, so it's like, okay, I can use a computer, I know how to do the sources, and uh, I, I was very lucky. I had a little bit of a help um, from a silversmith, who was my teacher and mentor, Yes. Sherry Vasiliev, and uh, she is on the west side, and uh, she is the one who taught me what I know now, and um, I love her to bits, and she is so supportive, and she helped me with, you know, the last little vendors I needed, and that is amazing. She shares, which is awesome in that That's world. Yeah. Luke Mankus is a realtor with Remax Kelowna. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011. And he always says, yeah, one regret. And that is, he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now, he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent, and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, 778-215-4273, to chat with Luke about real estate. Is it uh, a little bit dangerous sometimes? Are you dealing with high heat? And, uh... Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have. See, that's the point. Um, I'm in the process of finding a house where I can install a shop outside because you mm. can't have the torches and everything in a house. Right. The insurance just uh, doesn't like allow that. that. <laughs> no, they don't like that. You can blow up a house if you're not careful, right? Yeah. So, um, yes, you work with high heat and you can burn yourself. Um, but you wear, you have to wear masks for the silver dust and the gold dust and everything. But this is just part of the profession. It's it's. It's okay. It's you okay. just have to be careful. You just have to know what to do. And yeah. I've been taught that. So. Have you had any explosions? Nope. No. Nope. I have a meltdown. <laughs> I had a, I melted a few, two pieces of silver. I melted like two, like, oh my God, it was done. You right. couldn't do anything with it anymore. Yeah. It was totally burnt. So. Um, 
Gold is a lot more expensive than yes. silver. Do, yes. you, do you work with gold a lot? Or? I'm I'm in the process of starting it. So yeah. I have a mentor in the as a goldsmith, and so he's helping me understand how um, high the heat has to be and how delicate. And so that's yes, I will I will do the engagement ring together with him. So right, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and have you had any unusual? requests for a shape or something that you were kind of I don't know how I'm going to make that no um, actually I I challenged myself because uh, what you can see here I mm. made so my uh, my teacher my silversmith teacher she said to me you always come with these crazy ideas and then we have to figure it out I did a suspension um, of a selenite and then I put a seven sacred stone on top and it was, a, I wanted to have um, air in between, so nothing in between. And I, we had to oh. have a wire and bend and top. And she says, this is crazy. This is crazy. And I'm like, but I would like to do this. And she says, yeah, then let's do this. And that's what <laughs> that's we true. did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm my most, uh, the hardest critic. And I challenge myself the most because I like these funky designs. Yes. Describe your uh, necklace and pendant for oh. us. Oh, it's really unique. Okay, I've never seen anything quite like that. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I had um, a black kyanite, and it is in the form of an half an angel wing, I would say. Mm. And the black kyanite is like slate, so it's a layered stone, um, which is pretty hard to work with because they are brittle. Mm. Um, so I made a what sort platform. of tool do you use with the uh, with this kyanite? Oh, and the to, what the tools? Yeah, to to shape it. So no, it, it comes like that. Oh, it's like that. It's, you pick I it see. out. So you can. Yeah, I don't do the the stones myself. So what I do is I look for stones um, on the internet. I look on in auctions. I go to um, shows and pick these stones. Right. And um, usually I look for unusual shapes. And I don't care what I do with it at this moment. I just know this is the stone I have to pick. And then I worry about it afterwards. I'm not worried, but I, you know, I think about Concerned it afterwards. About it, yeah. Yes. So, and with this one, it was, um, that was a gift, this kyanite to me. And uh, it's like a half, like I said, like a half angel wing. And so I had to make a platform to sit it on. And I used a jewelry saw to cut the shape and made it a little bit... Um, following the contours of the black kyanite. And then I made a little bit of a wall to support the kyanite on one side because it lifts up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, to make it more interesting, because the black kyanite by itself doesn't look much, I um, had an oval labradorite at the end of the angel wing. And in the middle of the angel wing, black kyanite, I put a blue topaz. And in order to make that happen, and it looks suspended in the air, kind of, I used a square wire and soldered it on the back, bend it on the top and on the bottom, and then attached a bezel and a basket setting for the two stones. It's amazing. Yes. And then I uh, did the, uh, the bail. And how much time would you spend thinking about that versus actually putting your hands on it and, and shaping it? 
Oh, the design, it took me about 10 minutes. About 10 minutes. Yes. You come up with a concept, you yes. do a little sketch. Yes, I do a then, sketch. And yes. then you start to work. Yes. And then how long, approximately, would it take to produce that? That was a, a five-hour day. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and then it was done. It's amazing. <laughs> so some things are quite quick, I imagine, on some yes. people. Yes. What was the longest you've spent on one piece? Uh, two days. It yes. uh, It is a bracelet, and uh, the bracelet has... How do I describe that? Um, it has movement. So the bracelet moves. It has five, ten uh, bangles, so to speak. Mm. And they are bent in a kind of a U-shape yeah. or V-shape, U-shape. And then uh, five of the bangles are twisted and I hand twisted it. And then I had to form it and then I had to solder it. And that took me two days because that was really tough work. And uh, that was my second um, silver creation I did. Amazing. So you also have the hobby of martial arts? Yes. Uh, When did you start martial arts? Four years ago. I started with my Thai kickboxing. Mm. And uh, two years ago, I started Taekwondo. And I'm a... Fifth cup, that means I have a green belt with a blue stripe. So it's my sixth belt. Nice. And are you going towards black belt? Yes. Yeah. I already I already have a black belt sitting on the vitrine. I can look at it. Um, I don't, I'm not allowed to touch it, but I think in a, in a couple of years. So you um, look at it and it gives you inspiration yes, it does. to keep going. Yes, How often do you have to practice to, to get to that level in a couple more years? Well, I practice about four to six times a week. Mm. Is it? Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. Yes. So are, are you going to a class four to six times a week? or at, Yeah, no, at I go to a class. I go uh, Tuesday mornings to a pattern class. And so we learn patterns and the patterns are the basic for the belt testing. Mm-hmm. And But we also do self-defense on Tuesdays um, in the afternoon or in the late late afternoon, early evening, I go again for Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And um, we usually do patterns as well and sparring and uh, learning new techniques. And then after that is a, it's called a Quest Fit. It's a kickboxing, fitness kickboxing session. Mm-hmm. And it's based on a little bit of Taekwondo and core and kickboxing. So you really punch and kick. Yeah. Or in great <laughs> shape, right? Yes. I yes. imagine it was difficult when you first started. Like, a bit. <laughs> but the, the irony of it all was I always wanted to do martial arts and I always wanted to do kickboxing. So I started mm. at Toshido in uh, 2014 um, before I moved out of the marital home. So mm. that my anger issues I had because that's exactly what it was. I really channeled into martial arts. Yes. And so I, it didn't feel to me that it was difficult because um, the other thing was I lost 120 pounds wow. in the nine months prior to starting kickboxing. So I needed a sport that is um, high impact in a sense of get me going and, yes. you know, get it all sorted. And, um, Mentally and physically, that helped me a lot. Oh, it was it was amazing, yes. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for my coach, David. And now I'm grateful for my coach, uh, Chris, 
who not yeah coach instructor sensei however you want to call it mm-hmm. because they both kept me going and encouraged me and said you know what even when my muscles are sore and when you feel like oh my god I can't do it anymore they make you do it that's wonderful my daughter uh 13 and a half now and she's been doing kung fu since she was seven and there were a couple of times when she was younger she wanted to quit and you know they introduce a new move you you repeat it hundreds of times and then they introduce something new yes and she said i just can't do it i can't do it and she burst into tears and and they encouraged her and now she does it with ease she can do it you know almost blindfolded. Yes. She's really glad that she stuck with it. Yes. Yeah. It helps you in all aspects of life because mm-hmm. it teaches you perseverance. It teaches you patience mm-hmm. because it's not like this, yeah. right? So you have to work for it. Right. And you have to stick to it. You have to be disciplined about it. And you have to be calm about it. You have to just, you have to want it. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Same with everything. You have to want. You have to love what you do. Yes. Whatever it is in business and personal life, if you're not happy, nothing is moving in the right direction. That's so true. So true. So, what uh, sort of price range do you have in your jewelry? So, if I said uh, I want to get something for my girlfriend, yes. Uh, what's like the minimum I can spend it or the maximum I can spend? <laughs> oh, the max. Oh, you can spend whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, um, I, I make earrings, let's say, for $50, uh-huh. $55. Um, I also do fun, funky stuff like Swarovski crystals. Mm. They're more in the $70, $80 range. I do necklaces. They what's start the Swarovski? Swarovski crystals. Oh, this, this is glass, but this, it's... Oh, it's like a rhinestone kind of glimmer oh, yeah. kind of stuff. And it lights. You can light it up. No, it no. It's like, have you ever been to um, Sparkling Hills? Yes. See, so, all uh, the crystals? Yes. That's Swarovski. And this is what I use. Nice. In my creations. So for, you know, New Year's, for Christmas and all these uh, occasions and uh, fancy dinners or galas. Um, and yeah, you can spend a few thousand dollars. That's not, it's easy, like with white gold and diamonds and rubies and all that. Right. But uh, let's, let's say the average necklace is around $120, $140. Right. How much lead time do you like if uh, someone calls you with a custom order? I like to have a week. Mm-hmm. But if somebody calls me today and says I need it tomorrow, um, and I say, well, you can come and take a look what I have in stock because I have a few things in stock usually. Huh. Um, and if... If, uh, like it's that, an emergency. It's an emergency. So yes, it's usually really before, yes, no, no. We I usually get it done, even within twenty four hours if it has to be. I'm not super happy about it because right, right, obviously, but I can do it. It's possible. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> I make it possible. Um, do you have a website with uh, yes. some samples? Yes, I have a website. My website is sonyasvision.com, and uh, you can see what I made. And what I have in stock, it's on there. I have some silver rings in stock. I have pendants in stock. And I have necklaces, bracelets, and earrings in stock. And I'm on the Touch of Christmas show next, oh, yeah, well, December 1st. Yeah, great. (laughs) Well, we'll get this uh, released 
sooner oh, because if you're mentioning something that's coming, okay, you did this. Yeah, no, it's no problem. It's no problem because sometimes it is a little time sensitive, and yes. hopefully, a few more people will turn into the show. Yes. So where is that appearing? It's at the New Life Church, um, ah. Weatherwood Fire Bakery. Yes. Nice. On yes. December 1st. On December 1st, yes. Okay. Touch of Christmas. It's uh, for hands in service. So it is for a nonprofit organization as well. Right. Yes. So we'll put links to everything in the show notes so people can find okay. it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. I can do that. Sonia, who would you like to nominate? To I would like to nominate my good friend and awesome business partner, Sean McMillan from OrthoQuest. Tell us a little bit about Sean. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, Sean is the guy who does, um, who makes shoes, who mm-hmm. make you feel good. So he does pedosics mm-hmm. and orthodontics or whatever that's called. Orthopedics. Or- orthopedics, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, English as a, langu- as a second language sometimes, uh, you know, gets me. And uh, they do braces. Um, his wife is a kinesiologist. So it's all right. This it is orthodox. Yes. So I wasn't sure if you were saying shoes. Well, they do shoes too. Oh, yes. Okay. So that's so orthopedic. Yes. It's, do... it's both. It's both. They do both. Okay. So they do the whole spiel. So you were correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's I got good. that right there on Richter, and uh, they have a business. And uh, what's the name of the business? It's yeah. um, OrthoQuest. 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 Great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Today was great to see you. Yes. Yes, likewise. Wonderful. Thank you so much and have a good Sunday. You too. (laughs)